And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portsign with you on a Tuesday morning. And Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> Allison, some NHL hardware was was thrown about the place last night. Uh, and thrown about. Blue, yes, some Blue Jackets, though they did not win uh, the awards. They showed up in a couple places in voting. Uh, real quickly here, the Vezina Trophy goes to Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg. Elvis Merzlikens, fifth in voting. He got a second-place vote and a third-place vote. Uh, Merzlikens also showed up uh, impressively uh, in the Calder Trophy, fifth as well. He got a second-place vote, 17 third-place votes, 32 fourth-place votes, 27 fifth-place votes. And Elvis also on the CBJ or the NHL All-Rookie Team, uh, the fifth a Blue Jackets rookie to make that postseason team. Um, quickly, other awards. Ted Lindsay Award, which is the Players' Heart Trophy, if you will, goes to Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, they don't make their voting public. That's top secret. Uh, and the Norris Trophy went to Roman Yossi of Nashville. Zach Wierenski uh, finished eighth, five fourth-place votes, eight fifth-place votes, and Seth Jones, five fifth-place votes. Um I think you can defend this if I don't even remember how I voted, to be honest with you. But, Allison, are you surprised at all, as many are, that Wierenski finished ahead of Jones? No, I'm not. Um, because, as we've talked about, um, with all due respect, a lot of these voters go by points only, which is not what they should be going by. And Zach Wierenski led the league in defenseman goals. So, there you go. But I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad to see both of them recognized. I think that. This is a deserved recognition. I think the the totals feel right 
for all the millions of minutes we've talked about this. Um, right. No surprise to me at all. Yeah. Now, some people are, are in Blue Jackets Twitter land um, outraged at Seth Jones finishing 11th on the list. I guess if you don't win it, I don't care where you finish. But is this about is that too low? Is that about right for him? After the season he had? No. And, and again, it, let's remember how these votes usually go. I think it's wrong, but the majority of these votes go to people who score points. That's who wins this award, defensemen yeah. who score points. Um, Seth did not do that as much as Zach Renske did this year. Realistically, honestly, how much difference is there between 8th and 11th place, really, exactly. at this point? And um, – while we both say that Seth Jones is an elite defenseman, this was not his best season in part because of the role he was asked to play. I mean, if they, if we were talking like Zach Rinsky was third and Seth Jones was like 20th, yeah. then we'd have an issue, but that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah. This is fine. Yeah. It Wierenski's numbers obviously elevated by the goals. Those jump off the yes. page. You can't say no to those. Uh, and yes. Jones missed a chunk of games with injury. That's not like a, a failing of the player, but it's a reality. His numbers take a hit with him out of the lineup. A reminder, this voting is done before the playoffs began. So Correct. that game where Seth Jones played 117 minutes or something, um, none of that could be factored into this because the votes were already in. Um uh, the NHL All-Star team, I don't I think the only Blue Jacket who's who's ever been on the first team All-Star team has been Bobrovsky. I'd have to check that. But uh Panarin, ouch, uh Pasternak, Dreisidel, Yossi, Carlson, Hellebeck on the first team, and Marshawn Kucherov McKinnon on the second team, along with Petrangelo, Hedman, and Tuka Rask. Uh joining Merzlikens on the all-rookie team, Nick Suzuki, Victor Olofsson, Dominic Kubalik. Uh, Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes. I don't think there's any surprises there. Uh, once again, this year there were there's an incredible batch of of rookie talent coming into the league. It used to like I remember when when I think Rick Nash had 17 goals his his rookie season, and it was like, is he going to win the Calder? Should he win the Calder? And now 17 goals barely gets you in the conversation because the these guys are getting an opportunity so quickly and there's so many guys coming into the league that are more prepared to be NHL players the moment they arrive. So Victor Olsen had a huge season, tailed off a bit. Dominic Kubalik was incredible. And it, you can't watch a hockey game with Kale McCarr in it and not go, who is that? Because that boy, that kid right. is special and stands out. So um, and fun I, fact, it, we yeah. we do this because we had a Kubalik in the Blue Jackets organization that we covered, but this is a Kubalik. Oh, it's not a, a Kuba League, not a Kuba, not a Kuba. Yes, it's different. It's a different pronunciation. Same spelling, different pronunciation. And that was to, uh, Thomas Kubalik. I don't even remember the Blue Isn't that Jackets. Awful? I know Tom the Reed Blue called Jackets. him early as a future NHL stud, and I've never let him forget it. He looked great Perfect. in training camp one year. Thomas, Thomas Kubalik did. I think it's Thomas Kubalik. Um, moving on, the Blue Jackets. It's getting to the point now. I know these. The, it's, it seems, Allison. At least it does to me. Like the calendar. The calendar. I have to continually remind myself of where we're at and what all this means. Where we're at in the NHL off season. It, well, it's 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 quite literally September twenty second. But if this were a normal year, this would be like June fourth, right? In other words, right, the, exactly. cup, the cup is is we're now well into the cup. The cup is going to be over in probably a week or eight days, nine, ten days, whatever. And then it's going to start really rolling. Um, 
the draft is the sixth and the seventh. Free agency is a couple days after that. Um, so it's going to start coming fast and furious. And I don't think teams are going to wait. Teams have already started making moves. The Blue Jackets need to upgrade their forward ranks. Um, they've got some pieces and parts to trade. We've addressed all of this. Um, but we published a story yesterday. It's on the site right now about the center market. So this is what it looks like when you look at potential trades, potential free agency. The free agency is a little easier to peg, obviously, because you know which players have expiring contracts. The trade pieces are really hard to get a read on. Um, so we, we go into this with a little bit of trepidation. Um, I do. Because you're I, if this was... You know, you talk in the um, the world of, of gambling. You bet this, you bet on this one, you bet on this one, or you take the field. And this feels like a year where it would be wise to take the field because there's so much uncertainty out there. It's not about the salary cap, although it is about the salary cap. The most important thing is a team's internal salary cap. So, and we don't know what those are. We don't know which teams out there have players that they don't want to trade, but they have to trade because the owner is saying, no, 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 we're not going to 81.5. I don't care if that is a flat salary cap. We normally would have gone to 86, but in the reality of COVID with the uncertainty still going forward, are there going to be fans in the building? Yada, yada. We're going down to 70. Our cap is 70. And so there are teams that are probably confronting really unfortunate situations uh, with players that they don't want to move, uh, but they have to move. And I don't know where they go with those. If every team's going down that low, it's going to be really hard to move pieces. But the point is there could be some players um, that nobody knows right now are available, big name, big name players uh, that end up being available. But we went um, headstrong into the list of, of potential uh, centers that the Blue Jackets uh, could be looking at as ads this year. And I'm curious your take, if you could give a broad broad evaluation of the players that have popped up. Well, <clears throat> my broad evaluation is that I'm counting on Yarmo Kekalainen's history to pull something out of a hat that none of us sees coming. Um, because... Um, as you said, from from the what we know category, th th this isn't a great crop to pick from yeah. given the Blue Jackets' needs. So, yeah. if you want to be depressed, um, look at the potential. Look at the the players who are going to be unrestricted free agents, and then whittle that to centers, and you go, "Oh my god!" Exactly. Like it. There's just, and that prompted a a bunch of phone calls for me over the weekend to GMs where everybody knows it's hard to trade for a first, a number one center. Like those guys just don't move, but it's hard Allison to move even a, a quote unquote number two center. Yeah. Um, those guys just don't move. And it's because they're so there, there's very few teams that have an abundance of scoring and centermen. And if they get them, they don't. They don't let them go. The centers can can play on the wing if there's not enough room for them in the top six, um, but they don't let those those guys go. Uh, the one name, the one situation where I think everyone knows where they've got to make cuts is in Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. um, and so, do they move Anthony Sorelli 
that seems unlikely. Do they move Tyler Johnson, who's making five uh, five million bucks a year? That seems Tyler Johnson seems to be the first name on everyone's list when you talk about the Blue Jackets and adding a center. Uh, what an interesting team that would be for the Blue Jackets to trade with. But your thoughts on on Tyler Johnson and what he brings to to the table? Yeah, well. Um, (laughs) and you point this out multiple times in the article, a lot of these players are closing in on the wrong side of the age conversation. Um, Tyler Johnson is finishing his age 29 year. Um, the problem we have here is that the Blue Jackets, as, as you outline, are an organization that needs to look for a game changer, not that last little piece that kind of stirs the drink. Um, and you, you know, Tyler Johnson isn't, He's not really a great player in and of his own right. And, and while he's producing, he's, he's being protected a little bit because he's getting third-line type minutes. Um, he hasn't gotten top-line minutes really um, since his age 23 and age 26 year. So even if we like, quote-unquote, the numbers as they are, we're not talking about a player performing in the role that the Blue Jackets would want to slot him in too. Um, so that's of concern to me there with him. And again, the age situation. So I think a lot of people look at Tyler Johnson and think that Tampa Bay is so crowded with talent in their top six that that's why he's not playing much. He played 1433 a game this season, which is like, that's like, that's like what Stenland played when he came up. Like right. that's, that's a really tiny role. So some would look at Johnson and say, that guy needs more ice time. That, that, and with more ice time, that guy could be a real – he can still fly. He is 30, but he can still cook. Um, do you not see that? Do you think 1433 is right for him based upon his talent? Because the Blue Jackets would be looking for a number two center. A guy that can't play more than 14 minutes is not that. Is Do you think right. he is that or do you think he's limited by where he's at? I mean, there's two questions here. There's, there's, can he play more minutes? Sure. But, you know, if we isolate out his, his time impact and really look at his offensive and defensive impact, and I, I'm looking at um, adjusted plus minus data from evolvinghockey.com, this, this is not a player that's, that's making a huge impact even in the role he's in. So um, I, again, feel like this is a player that, if all of a sudden he's a, a top six guy, it, there's going to be some compromises in, in the results that we see from the player. Moving on. Derek Stepan, <laughs> Arizona. Um, yes. He sound excited. Um, again, 30 <laughs> years old. The one th- I looked at him went, oh, God, 6.5. 6.5 on the salary cap. They're not touching that one. And then poked around a little bit. He, the his salary in that in this upcoming year, which is his last year before UFA, is five million, three million of which has already been paid in the in a uh, a signing bonus. So he's got two million bucks left in his final year. I saw that and I went, oh, this is going to be the guy. This is going to be the guy. I, he, it just seems there's a there's a click there. I know Tortorella is a huge Stepan fan, so he would be. He would be in his corner, um, but this is this is the guy that's gone from fifty six points to twenty eight points in two years, mm-hmm. halfsies. Um, mm-hmm. if, I don't know how closely you've looked at him, but has he dropped off as much as his numbers have, or is the team around him in his role? 
Um, again, looking at um, data um, on this player, and, and I, I certainly appreciate the the nugget on his salary situation, um, but I this is this is not particularly because we're talking about this being a potential trade, and and we talk about the negatives of a team wanting Josh Anderson with one year left. I mean, you're going to give up for one year of, of, of step. I don't know. I, th- I think that this is a guy we see is still getting the same kinds of opportunities. His impact both offensively and defensively has been in decline. Um, he is really only noticeable um, in terms of offensive shot volume, not even shot quality. So uh, this is a player I would not be interested in if I was the Columbus Blue Jackets, but I am not in the front office, so who's to say? But this is, again, if we talk about the role we're looking for the team to fill, this is not a player best suited for that role. Every sports story that matters. Join for just $1 a month. Hi folks, Aaron Portsign here. The Athletic is quite the news source for sports fans uh, all over the world. You get all of the Blue Jackets coverage from breaking news to feature stories to the front and nationwide podcast. You get NHL news from insiders Pierre Lebrun and Scotty Burnside and others. You get college football from Nicole Auerbach and incredible, important journalism from Katie Strang. It's all there and it's all yours for $1 a month. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Sign up now to see for yourself the creativity, the reporting, and the storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash Front and Nationwide, that's A-N-D Nationwide, you can receive an all-access subscription for $1 a month. Sports are back, and you won't want to miss the breaking stories on your favorite teams. So go to theathletic.com slash front and nationwide to receive an all-access subscription for just $1 a month. Hope to see you there. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple too. Just go to getroman.com front and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Just go to getroman.com front today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash front. So Allison, I cannot sell you Tyler Johnson. I cannot sell you Derek Stepan. Would you be interested in a Max Domi? Of the candidates in this piece, that's the most attractive of the Mm. candidates in this piece. But what's interesting about him is um, there's some defensive liability there. Oh, yes. And and <laughs> right. do we, you know, again, if we look at the model of, of this team and this organization, is that is that something that they want to bring in? Is there enough upside? I don't know that there is. Um, with this player right now, um, there could be. 
but um, of the of the seven you outlined in this total piece, this is the one that's most attractive. But he's coming with some angst, so yeah. and you outlined that too, and so that's that's just something interesting to watch too. Is what role is he best suited for, and is he going to accept a role that's given to him if it's not exactly what he wants to play? Yeah, well, it's funny. So he played mostly wing this last year in Montreal, and apparently didn't enjoy that, like or enjoyed it, but really wants to be a centerman. Prefers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the coach there is like, no, no, you're a winger. And so now the season's over, and now the word in Montreal is that Max Domi could be had. And now the word from the Canadians coaching staff is, oh, no, he's a center, absolutely. Um, right. Let's up his value. So in a place like Montreal, when a coach says that a player that he previously thought was a winger is now, in fact, a center, everybody there goes, oh, shit, he's getting traded. Like, okay, <laughs> they're, they're, they're ramping him up here. Um, I'm, I'm curious and I don't know what the numbers suggest, but he went from almost a point of game guy two years ago with Montreal to eh, more than half, but a significant drop, 11 fewer goals, 17 fewer assists, uh, fewer games, of course, but he went from 28, 44, 72, um, to really second line center type numbers, 17, 27, 44, um, but and he's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights, which means this could be a tricky a tricky contract this summer. So something else to consider um, if the Blue Jackets went there. And one name that surprised me because this is a guy that in Winnipeg has been off limits, off limits, off limits. Um, but that now they have a a bunch of needs that they didn't have before. My God, Allison, the the their back end. You talk about taking hits on the back end they got absolutely devastated last summer, part of it by their own doing. They traded Jacob Truba, um, but Tyler Myers and, and Ben Chiro leave through free agency. And then Dustin Belfin says, I'm kind of done playing late, late in the off season, um, which surprised a lot of people. There goes four of your defensemen from the previous season, which is like, wow. Uh, so they're looking for defensive help. And apparently a name that had been, that they'd been reluctant to even discuss is a name that's now considered a possibility. Jack Roslovic, uh, who is from Columbus, who's quietly started to blossom a bit in Winnipeg, went from under 10 minutes a game a year ago uh, to almost 15 minutes a game this season. He played more than Tyler Johnson did in Tampa. Uh, and Roslovic ended up with, with 12, 17, 29. Um, he's a still only 23 years old. He is a restricted free agent, I believe. Um, so he would need to be signed. Your thoughts on Jack Roslovic's game? I think there would be a lot of people excited to have him come home. Uh, but what do you see and what's the possible fit there in the second line? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this, you know, I, I get the the nice story. and But our concern here with this player is, and this would be heavily reliant on scouting decisions, because this is a player who hasn't really seen that top six opportunity um, we don't know if he can perform at that level. And if we look at um, the trend of his performance, um, this past season was one of his weaker in terms of his individual impact offensively. Um, it was also his, it's tied for his worst season individually impacting defensively. Um, so, you know, there are some concerns there with this player. Um, again, leaning a little bit more concern on the defensive side. And, you know, this is, this is a big question mark because this isn't a guy who excelled 
um, per se in his underlying behavior in the role he was in. And now the, the gamble is and take an even bigger role. So, um, that that's the concern for me there. Yeah. So it's interesting when you look at the first two names we talked about, Tyler Johnson and Derek Stepan, you go, Oh, 30 years old. We know this player. Where's it going with this player? And Jack, to your point, is on the other end of the of the spectrum where he's a young guy. There's a ton of upside there still, you think. And, but we hope. To we don't acquire, know. Yeah. yeah. To acquire him and put him in a number two center role is hoping in, in a way. Yes. Um, yes. I don't think it's totally unrealistic, but it's not knowing. It's hoping. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And I think it's it's – and, you know, I know that even last season he was hoping for more opportunity, but – you almost feel like too that if he was going to pop, we might see more significant signs of that. Yeah. Um, so it's a it, this is a, a risky choice. This is the riskiest choice of of the four. Yeah, it's a curious choice. He's played a ton of wing in Winnipeg and wants to play in the middle. I think most people see him as a centerman, mm-hmm. um, but it, the the spot has not been there. Pretty damn good team in Winnipeg down the middle. Um, so not an easy lineup to crack. I don't think he would have the same issues here, but yeah, flyer just the same. So trades, Allison, seem to make more sense because the Blue Jackets aren't really looking to add huge payroll either. Uh, we've talked ad nauseum about how much they want to move a defenseman, probably need to move a defenseman, and they could move Josh Anderson if, if that continues to not go anywhere. Um, in terms of him re-upping, um, they could move a goaltender. They've, they've got a lot of possibilities in terms of what they could move. I think it's more likely for them to trade for a player than it is to dip into free agency. And I think if you look at the choices in free agency, you go, yeah, okay, trade. Because there's <laughs> not a lot there. Joe Thornton's not. Yes you know, coming to Columbus and he's 40 years old. Um, But three names that were seen as like, yeah, could work. I wouldn't rule that one out. Um, And these are probably names that people need to get familiar with, at least two of them, because they they seem to be players that are a touch underrated or a touch under the radar anyways. Cody Eakin in Winnipeg, uh, who had a big season with Vegas two years ago. Uh, And I'm not sure who he played with that year, what his role exactly was, but 22-19-41. Columbus would take that out of the number two spot, um, but he's 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 been 16 goals or more in half of his career, four out of eight seasons. So he can score. Last year was a rough year for him. Uh, Vegas and Winnipeg totaled just five goals, um, which are those are fourth line numbers. Um, he is due. Obviously, his contract is up. He made a little under four million bucks last year. I'm not sure where it goes this year in the depressed market, um, but what what does your what what do you think of Cody Eakin as a possible Blue Jackets fit? It feels like a third liner to me, but you tell me. Yeah, and the Columbus has plenty of those. <laughs> right. Um, you know, again, if, if if the role we're looking to fill, it, with all due respect to Cody Eakin, who's still a better skater and player than I could even dream to be. Um, this is a guy who has seen his role diminish. Um, he he played some top six minutes when he was with Dallas, um, but that's quite a few years ago, and not really any positives in terms of 
what he's been doing in his game and how his game's been trending. He's kind of righted the ship a bit um, in terms of his defensive impact, but it's still not great. Um, so it, it, to all the points you already illustrated too about spending fresh dollars, that seems a little rich for um, at least what Cody Eakin has shown us to date in terms of the type of player he is. Yeah. And a name that people here will be familiar with is, I think, has upped his market um, a bit. Well, su- probably significantly. Derek Broussard, Allison, a uh, former. Yes. Happy birthday today to Derek Yeah, Broussard. right. Today is his birthday. 33 years. Derek Broussard's 33 years old. I know. It's insane. It's insane. Um, and he's bounced around. I like. I think I've said this before. I, when he ended up with Pittsburgh a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, my God, look out. Like he, yep. that's just going to be the perfect situation for him, and I still don't know yep. know why it didn't work. Uh, he's bounced around a bit. Actually, had a pretty damn good year with the Islanders and looked pretty good at times in the playoffs. This is not a player who is fleet of foot, and the the new incredibly fast NHL um, challenges him in a way that he wasn't challenged early in his career. Um, he is thirty three, as we said last year. If you remember, it was is he going to go to camp on a on a, a, a tryout agreement like really um and the blue jackets would have been interested in that i think the blue jackets were among the teams that talked to broussard about a two-way contract and he had something on the table with the islanders classic islanders here's your deal here's what we'll sign you to if anybody says a word about this in the next week or so the deal's off the table which is classic islanders under lou, lou Lamorello. uh so no one said a peep no one knew about it. Few people knew about it. And then Broussard signs uh, the deal with the Islanders. I thought he was pretty good in the playoffs. I think he's probably earned himself a contract rather than another offseason sitting on the broken toys pile. Um, your thoughts on on him, Allison? Yeah. And, you know, love Derek Broussard. Um, but again, if, if our role is a top six center, um, bringing in Derek Broussard – would feel like a Sam Gagne type deal to me. Um, and, and I feel like in part that was the, the thought process when um, the Islanders brought him in last year is, is perhaps adding some value on the power play, but not really counting on him for that five on five impact. Um, right. I don't know what Pittsburgh did, but Pittsburgh did something to break him. I know that uh, Shana Goldman um, in with the athletic New York tried to even find it. And we couldn't, I, you know, she and I talked through it. We couldn't find any reason why, that kind of off the cliff thing happened. Um, but, you know, again, this isn't a player where I'm saying, woo, second, second line center, we got him. Um, yeah, right. It, it, it's more of a specialty, nice to have. And again, there's plenty of those already on this roster. I would be interested to know how Pittsburgh breaks seemingly pretty good players quite frequently. Like uh, it's a great team and a great Galchenyuk. I know. Broken. What? How did that happen? Well, he came in with some question marks, though, too. But your point he remains. Did. Your point. And your so, point but remains. so did Broussard, and I thought those question marks would be answered, and his game would be amplified in Pittsburgh. I did too. I did too. Yeah. Everybody did. Uh, Bukstad. Yes. Another one, like pretty good player, and then you're like, oh, Bukstad. Yeah, and then they can't wait to get rid of him. It's it's an interesting right. an interesting thing. Uh, the last name on our list, Carl Soderberg. Um. This is the yeah. I remember when when the Avs traded for him at a draft and signed him to a huge contract, and everybody was like, "Holy shit, Carl Soderberg!" He's actually a pretty good player for them for a while, and his numbers were surprising uh, for me. But 
here's another worrying number. He turns 35 in October. Skating's never yeah. been strong. Probably a third-line center. He could be playing his way into fourth-line roles. This this was a name listed last year. I guess you can read into that. Not exactly a um, exciting option, in my opinion. I agree. <laughs> um, yes, I agree with all of that. And, you know, as you mentioned, too, with – when a player gets to this age, they're looking for their financial reward for their career. And so for what you're getting, um, what is the price tag there? So yeah. um, could could be interesting. I mean, this of, of the players we've talked about, you know, this is another guy who has kind of, if we go through um, his career, other than his age 31 year, his second year in Colorado, he has kind of hung around that second line type yeah, role sure. um, and his impact offensively has actually gotten better, but his defense has fallen off a cliff um, relative to his individual performance. And as a player, um, just not a lot to crow about. So again, I agree with you. I have no dissenting points. <laughs> yeah. And, and so th- we're going to do a, a list like this later in the week about wingers, which is a much more exciting list. Um, it better course- be. Well, right. The Blue Jackets don't need that, of course, as badly as they do as centermen, my opinion. Um, but just to give you an idea of how different the lists are, yesterday I'm putting the final touches on this, and I'm like, oh, Vladislav Nemesnikov, yeah. Like, wow, yeah. there's an op. Wow, okay. So I poked around a bit on him, and and two people got back to me like, not a center. Not a center. He's a winger. Don't, I don't care how he's yeah. listed. He, the kid's not a, not a center in the NHL. And so then I'm, I put him back on the list with the wingers to write about later in the week, and I'm like, get the hell off. Vladislav. Like, I was so excited about him as a center. And then you put him <laughs> with the wingers, and I'm like, get you know, get out of here. You're not even on the list. Right. There's just so many right. wingers. I hate to say they're a dime a dozen. They're not. But it's so much um, – you can improve your, your wing play substantially. And so – Allison, let me ask you this, and I think I've asked you this before. Is it enough for Columbus? Would you rather they just crank up themselves on the wing with a with a talented left winger, right winger, and leave the centers as they are, grow into it at center? Or is that do they need to fix it such that that getting a winger doesn't really help you if you don't fix the middle. I, I mean, we we know. I mean, go back to Artemi Panarin in Columbus. If you can yeah. get a, a high-end winger, the centers can can tread water. Um and so I yes, if I if 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 the organization can bring in a high-end winger or my goodness be blessed with two high-end wingers, that's a more sound strategy in my opinion than saying, well, we need a center. So get a center. Um, but again, not in the front office. So these are just my thoughts. <laughs> yep. So there, there's the list of centers that the Blue Jackets could consider. My God, I hope it's the field. Although I love very Tyler exciting. I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'll, I'm not going to. And, and I could. I could live with. I don't mind Domi. I don't mind Johnson. I don't mind. Um, th- those two excite me. If I'm a Blue Jackets fan. Um, Derek Stepan, I go, yeah, yeah, okay. I'll take him on the team. He, he'll help. Um, and Ross Levick, I go, wow, this will be interesting. Um, but, but, um, 
Yeah, and they're not number one centers. There are no number one centers. Uh, but right. I think there's some players there who could help them and who could be in a Blue Jackets sweater by opening day in January. Um, Allison, thanks for this. Thanks for your time. Thank you, as always. And, folks, we'll talk to you later in the week. We'll go through the wingers later in the week, uh, along with any Blue Jackets news that pops up between now and then. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll talk to you soon.